you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Craig Hewitt. He's from Castos, which is the leading podcast hosting platform for the world and for WordPress. Welcome back on the show, Craig. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. I'm really excited to get into it with you today. You know, podcasting and creating, you know, essentially audio content is near and dear to the course creator who are prolific um, content creators themselves. Let's talk about podcasting specifically. Like, what's the benefit of a podcast if you're a course creator or coach or expert and you're trying to build this whole online business thing? Yeah, I mean, I think that like most folks from like a marketing and branding perspective, like really focus on one channel. Um, and for a lot of people that's blogging, for a lot of people that's YouTube, for a lot of people that's podcasting. And I think that depending on the, the topic that you're covering and your personality and style, like you want to pick the best one uh, that kind of fits the the thing that you're teaching, right? Uh, or or the, the kind of brain you're trying to build um, and where, where your audience would best kind of consume and process that information. Um, and we would just see over time that like a lot of people say, oh, podcasting wouldn't work for that. Try it and are hooked because it's so easy uh, and so effective. Um, and, and I think that like the maybe the best part of podcasting is kind of like we're doing here where we're like we're live on YouTube, whether you're live or you just publish it kind of statically later. You get the audio for podcast. You write that up as show notes. You do a transcript. You create some social media assets and, and we're going to talk for an hour and you're going to have four or five or six pieces of content that, that you can use uh, in your content marketing and, and brand building. And I think that like, it's that like that, those are the reasons it's great for everyone. I think for, for a course creator, it's good because people want to buy your course because they want to go from their reality today to their reality in the future. And you have to convince them of that. And to do that with text on a piece of, on a website or on a piece of paper or whatever is really hard. But if you are like this, talking about your thing and, you know, sharing your knowledge and people get to know you and, and like trust you uh, over, over time and like that free content, then buying your paid course or membership or whatever is just going to be that much easier of a, of a transition for them. So I think that that's, for me, that's like why podcasting and kind of content in general, but podcasting specifically is so valuable. And then like to course creators, it's because like you're selling a dream, right. Um, and how you can take someone from kind of where they are today to where they want to be in the future. And if you've essentially shown them that, you know, over hundreds of episodes, then like that next step for them is, is so easy. That's such a good point. Cause I, I listened to your podcast with, um, uh, is it David? Yeah. Uh, what's the name of that podcast? Rogue startups. Yeah. Rogue startups. So before I ever met you in person through zoom or whatever, I had heard you talking in my head about, you know, business entrepreneurship. And that's kind of one of the, the whole like build in public thing, but like you had earned my trust and respect is like, all right, I'm, this is like a guy I want to do business with. So when we met, you know, I'm like, all right, this is, it's great. This is the person I want to be with. Maybe talk about yeah. building in public and how that, how that has helped you or what that does for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just to kind of take a step back, like building in public concept there is like, 
even when you don't have a product, when you just have an idea, kind of share what you're doing, how you're thinking about it, um, build how you're building your brand or your business um, as it kind of goes, because like it's never finished, right? But but a lot of people only really start telling that story when they are at some kind of like set of feature complete. And the idea of building in public is just starting that so much earlier, acknowledging that like, hey, this is just starting. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, and I'm just going to talk about like that whole process. And that was very much my, my journey with Rogue Startups is like, I started it because I wanted to be an online business and I wanted to just talk to a bunch of people that were doing it and kind of just by osmosis, like pick up a bunch of, you know, information and connections and build those relationships. And, and it did that like through those conversations. Um, and like Dave, my co-host now was a guest on one of the first episodes of the podcast. And like, so that's just like one more thing that podcasting did for me. Um, but then, yeah, like I go to conferences or we're going to integrate with, you know, a partner in the industry. And like, I know most of them now because of, <laughs> of my podcast and it just opens so many doors. I mean, we say that like your podcast and, and your content in general, but your podcast, because it's such an intimate medium, uh, is like your digital kind of business card, right? Like if I want to go talk to somebody if I have a hundred episodes out there about this thing that I want to talk to them about, they can do their homework on me and, and without having to rely on really anything else. Um, and so it's, it's great, like in business. And I would say like, it arguably is even better. Like if, if you're trying to get a job, <laughs> you know, like if, if we're hiring somebody and they have a, a prolific blog or a YouTube channel or podcast, like I'm going to go check that out. Cause that is like the realest version of them uh, that there is, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's like giving away some value for free. Like if that's the yeah. way to market these days, really. I mean, not that you yeah. can't do paid marketing, but creating free value. And I agree with what you said earlier about how podcasts I found, I know it depends on your personality type is the most useful form of marketing for me. I started LMS cast this podcast in 2014. I like to say I started around the same time as Tim Ferriss's podcast, <laughs> but, uh, um, it, you know, the reason we did that is because we knew we'd be making video out of it. It would have a kind of a blog post associated with it. And, you know, you're leveraging partner marketing because we do a lot of interviews and um, try to help our customers beyond just the scope of our software through these interviews and everything. So it was very strategic from the beginning. This is somewhere around episode 380. And I can tell you eight years into it, it definitely pays off, but it's a long game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, any advice for people sticking to it? Maybe I'm just an obsessive entrepreneur, so I just never give up. But I know, <laughs> I know a lot of people start a podcast and then it fizzles. Why does that happen? Or what are you advised for stickiness? Yeah. I mean, I think that like if, as you're, as you're thinking about starting a podcast, like if you don't believe that you can do the next six months of content as you're starting, then, then like, you're not ready to start because it's going to take that long to get any kind of like symbols of of traction right it's you know feedback or business or leads or branding or whatever um so like if you're not thinking six plus months uh you know into this before you see anything like you're just not ready for it um but i think that like you know they they have a a term in the industry and it's called pod fade right um and it is because i think it's because one of like several reasons one um people don't know like they're they're ideal audience and like their, their kind of ideal listener persona well enough to know what they should talk about. I think that's, that's probably like the beginning problem. Um, and then more, 
more like practically, like a lot of people make it really difficult. Um, and it, and it doesn't have to be. So like you and I are talking to gay on zoom. Um, we both have, you know, not super fancy mics, but like proper mics. Um, you might edit this a little bit, or you might edit it a lot. Um, and, and that's it. Right. And it doesn't have to be NPR to be really good content. Um, like that's great, but, but it's not required. Like I think the, um, the incremental gains of having a show that good are, are less, um, especially depending on your niche, right? So like just getting out there is by far the most important getting out there and doing it consistently over time, uh, is like the next most important. And then having like really good quality sound is, is like, you know, third or fourth down the list, but, but just having like good content that's put out consistently. So your audience knows what to expect from you is like, you know, we, we try to follow the 80, 20 rule a lot. And it's like the 90, 10 rule or whatever it is like the 94 six rule like it's just consistently putting out content is is so important and a big part of that is like having a system and using tools and having a process that is repeatable uh for the long term let's give people some ideas of like different angles for shows i'll let i'll list off some and see what see if what you can yeah. add to it but there's interview shows there's solo shows there's kind of panel of experts talking shows um, there's what I call like an artsy show where maybe it's like a mix of like music and sound and story and all this stuff. But what, what other kind of types of shows are there? Yeah. There's like, uh, like an AMA or a mailbag kind okay. of episode. Um, and, and I think there's something to, interesting to point out is a podcast can have each of these types of episodes within it, right? Your podcast does not need to be married to, this is only ever going to be a solo show or an interview show or a panel show. Um, but I think some of the most successful podcasts I listen to have a lot of different kinds of formats. Um, and that's cool for you as a creator, cause it keeps it interesting and kind of spicy, right? They're like, Hey, this is going to be a panel show and I'm going to have three different people on and we're going to talk about this one topic. And then the next one is a solo. And then the next one is an interview. Um, so like, I wouldn't, as a, as a creator, I wouldn't say like you're, you're fixed on one thing for sure. Um, yeah, like the mailbag one is a good one. Um, I really like um, like highly scripted kind of solo shows. Um, I'll say they're ultra difficult. <laughs> so if you're new as example? a content. Oh, what's an example? Um, well, I'll give an example is like we do one internally, right? We have a, right. an internal private podcast for our company and it's just me talking. Um, and, and it's just hard because like you and I talking right now, like there's, there's energy and there's this kind of social dynamic that's going on. But me just looking at the computer screen and talking for 10 minutes is just like really, really hard. <laughs> um, you know what so, though, with, with this audience, with course creators, they're kind of used to that. So they might be, yeah. might be better at this. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I, those are, those are really cool because what you can do is you can really succinctly relay a message um, in that, that like an interview, you're trying to pull this kind of message out of a guest and, you know, those, those kind of things. Like if it's just you, you have full control over not just the schedule because like, you know, oh, freaking guy rescheduled on me. Now I don't have an episode <laughs> for next week, but if it's just you, like you're in, in full control there. Um, but, but also like you just, you literally, you script it out. Um, I would get a teleprompter. They're amazingly helpful. And you can just like put your iPad kind of up there and then the teleprompter lays right, right over top of your, uh, your camera. Uh, and it's a great way to like, look at the camera and talk at the same time, your course creators probably have all this figured out um, because they they do a lot of the solo creation stuff. Um, 
different formats. Um, you you, t- you touched on like the artsy one, uh, like in the in the industry we call it a narrative podcast. Okay. Um, and yeah, they're fantastic, right? Like you know, Gimlet Media and NPR all, all kind of popularized this, and, and they're they're great. They're they're a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Um, but if you want to invest in creating a really great podcast that is 100% the way to go. And the idea there is like, you're, you're telling this story and you're getting kind of mini interviews or sound bites from a bunch of different people. And, um, and they're great. They're, they're really impactful. If you do it right, they often have a lot of sound design in them and a lot of transition between pieces. And then they're called narrative because then you're narrating, Oh, this is interesting. I talked to Chris the other day and he said this, and then it cuts to Chris talking about that thing. And then you say, and then I went and I talked to Bob and he said this, um, so like a lot of true crime shows, uh, you know, pick up this, this format. Very cool. Um, yeah. before we go into the tech a little more, what's the ideal length? I mean, this is a question course creators get like, how long should my course be? How long should lessons be? Like, I personally like longer form podcasts and by long, I mean, anywhere from 30 minutes to four hours, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) what do you, uh, how do you help people figure out this length question? Yeah. So I think that, um, the cheating answer is as long as it should be, uh, or as long (laughs) as it needs to be right. That's like what my accountant says. Um, but, but I think that like, that's the right answer. Like if you want to put a number on it, I think that like a solo or, or a co-host show should be 20 to 30 minutes. An interview should be 30 to 40 minutes. Um, and those are really broad numbers. Um, I think an hour is just a long time to talk. And, and like, I think that you have kind of um, like reduced return on that conversation after that long. Uh, but uh, an interview is longer because it just takes a while to get to know the guest and get their background and stuff like that. Whereas if it's just you or if it's you and the same co-host or panel every time, you don't need to get to know the person and you can just dive into the meat of the matter. Um, One yeah, more thing that- I just want to add to that is like the, you know, podcasting is portable content, you know, which, which there's not as much competition. There's music and audiobooks. It's not like the screen where there's like tons of competition. So what's your target markets? You know, where do they have these gaps of time? Are they a workout on the audience? So they're going to have like a 45 minute workout or a 30 minute commute or how long does it take to do the dishes? This is when I listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's spot on. I mean, I think that like, the, the, the single number you'll hear in the podcasting industry is 22 minutes. And that's the ideal length of an episode because that's the average commute in the US. Um, mm. But the, yeah, that's, that's maybe a little narrow-sighted because that's saying that your audience only are people that commute to desk jobs, which especially now is, is not the majority of, of the people in the world. So, Well, let's, let's start at the end of the tech conversation a little bit and we'll circle back to the fundamentals. But you mentioned briefly private podcasting and Castos recently built a Lifter LMS integration. Can you, and this is one of the things that makes Castos unique in the space. Tell us about private podcasting and what you've done with Lifter LMS. Yeah. Yeah. So just really basically like private podcasting, think of it like a membership site or membership tool in audio format. So as opposed to this podcast, which is on Spotify and Apple podcast, uh, a private podcast is meant to be restricted only to certain individuals. Um, they're invited by name and email address. Um, and what we've built with Lifter is the idea to say, okay, I have my course and WordPress and I'm using Lifter LMS. 
when a student joins this course or that course, I want them to be automatically added to Castos as private subscribers to my private podcast um, so they can get this exclusive content. And that can take like several different formats, right? Like one of the most common that are a few of the most common that we have are like repurposing video content as audio, right? Cause that's super easy just from a technical perspective is you, you know, if you have a video editor, you say, Hey, please just, you know, export this as audio only and publish this as an audio podcast. That works really well. If the thing you're teaching isn't highly visual, right? If you're just sitting there talking anyhow, then it should just be a podcast. Um, if you're teaching someone how to play piano or something like that, um, that, that's like harder, right? But um, if the medium that you're teaching and the subject that you're teaching on isn't necessarily highly visual, then it's then it's a great candidate for just repurposing that video content as audio. Um, the other really popular one is a lot of courses have this kind of ongoing accountability and community aspect to them these days. Um, and like, well, personally, just generally, I think that's a really good best practice, right? And, and like having a sense of community with your course is great for, Again, those, those folks that come to you say like, hey, I'm in this reality today and I want to be in that reality you know, down the road, the community and the accountability and, and you as the course creator, um, helping them along the way in addition to the course content is, is really powerful. And a lot of times those are Zoom calls, right? Uh, or those are interactions in some kind of forum. And we're seeing people you know, record those Zoom calls, do kind of AMAs from a Facebook group of questions, uh, and things like that, and repurpose that as private podcast only for those students. So those students are then getting like the video content in the course platform. Um, and then they're getting a private podcast, which is like additional, you know, weekly Zoom meetings or AMAs or whatever um, that are kind of a value add, right, to your students uh, on top of, of like pretty much what anyone else is doing, because this is a pretty new thing. This is great. And this is, this goes back to that portable content idea. You know, a lot of course users are at a laptop or desktop, but by really opening up the mobile device for an audio podcasting format, I mean, I know personally when I'm in giant courses or membership sites, I'm, I'm itching to get away from the computer and just take it with me shopping yeah. or on the run or whatever I'm doing. So this is a, this is a great innovation here. What's the user experience for the learner? In terms of their phone, do they have a, how do they get the, the podcast on the phone, the yeah, private podcast? Yeah. Yep. So when you're added to a private podcast, uh, you get an email from Castos on, on the course creator's behalf. Say, hey, Chris has invited you to the super secret private podcast. Uh, and then you as the, the, you know, the course creator in your Castos account get to say, I want to invite them via a private RSS feed that's individualized to them. And that's cool because then they can take and put that in Overcast or Pocket Cast or the Apple Podcast mobile app on their phone. And you can listen to it right next to LMS Cast or Tim Ferriss or whatever. <laughs> um, or if you think your audience might not necessarily be uh, like podcast listeners already, or you just want them to have like more of a more of a, an exclusive experience, we have our own mobile app that's available on iOS and Android, the Castos mobile app. And so that email invite can say, here's your private RSS feed or, and, or download the Castos mobile app. You put your email address in, get a one-time password, you're logged in, and then you see all of the private podcast content that you're enrolled to see. And so that works just like a regular old, you know, podcasting app, but only for private podcast content. 
That's beautiful. Thank you yeah. for building the Lift Your LMS integration. This is so cool. I can't wait to see what people do with it. So yeah. go to castos.com. Let's start at the beginning a little bit for people. Um, you've got a WordPress site. You know, you've got Lifter LMS on it as an example for your LMS. How do we kind of get the podcast where WordPress kind of focus people? I know we can put a, the podcast directly on Castos, but we can also put it on our WordPress website and you have a plugin. Can you explain like the getting started tech, technical stack and steps? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yep. So you have a WordPress site, you have Lifter for your course. The plugin that we kind of own and operate is called Seriously Simple Podcasting. Um, it's a mouthful, but it's uh, search search for podcast. You should find it. Seriously Simple Podcasting. It's got a whale it. on it. It's got, it's like a whale. Uh, yeah. Logo. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice because it, it creates a podcast custom post type. So kind of a podcast section in your WordPress site. So it can be separate from your blog content, which is really nice. You can publish it as a blog post if you want to, but um, yeah. So, so you would create kind of the shell, right? The podcast in, uh, in WordPress connect to your Castos account because that's where you want your files to be hosted. Because the last thing you want is like a bunch of, files that are enormous to be hosted on your WordPress site that slows it down. And then the streaming or download experience for your listeners is bad. So I just want to WordPress... add course creators are used to that with video. So that we're often offloading that to like Vimeo pro or Wistia or something like that. Same thing, but for audio. Exactly the same idea. Yeah. Just resources. You want those kind of reference somewhere else so that your WordPress site can do the thing it's good at. And those media hosts can do what they're good at. Um, yeah, so connect Castos to your WordPress site just with an API key that you get in your Castos dashboard. And then every time you upload a file and publish an episode, the files are hosted on Castos and the episodes are copied over to Castos, but kind of the source of your podcast uh, is in WordPress, right? Where you publish your, your course content and your blog posts and all the other stuff that, that your brand has. Um, within Castos, because we kind of copy all the content over, then you say, hey, I want this podcast to be private as you're setting things up. Say, I want this podcast to be private. Um, and once you've done that, then back in WordPress, you're say, okay, I have, uh, you know, my course set up and there's kind of these levels, um, uh, of kind of students that have these kind of privileges and rights. Um, I want people that kind of sign up at this level to be correlated with this private podcast in Castos. So we kind of just have this matching to say someone who joins at this level is eligible to get signed up for this private podcast. Uh, and once that's all done and saved, then anyone that joins at that level automatically gets sent over to Castos. They get that email invite from us and have access to the private podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so when we're creating, when we're publishing a podcast episode, do we stay in WordPress the whole time or we, there's a step where we go outside to Castos to add the actual audio file? Yeah, no, it's it's all in WordPress. Just that one initial setup, you have to you know connect Castos to your WordPress site, make it private in Castos, but yeah. then everything else happens uh, in your WordPress site. Publish the content, you know, upload the file, all that kind of stuff happens in WordPress. That's awesome. And you can do this across as many different podcasts as you want. So if you have a bunch of different courses and you want a different podcast for each one, or maybe you want a public podcast that again, like it's used for marketing and branding, and then you want a private one that's just for students. Uh, you can do all of that, you know, both from a single WordPress site and a single Castos account. That's very cool. Um, yeah. Let's talk about syndication. Like, so we've got the podcast set up. I'm talking about the public podcast now, and we want it to go everywhere. 
Like I still find places where like, oh, I didn't realize I could have my podcast on Amazon.com. Like I found that one like six months ago. Yeah. And I submitted it the feed and they're like instantly approved. And now you're on Amazon.com. Like, why didn't I know about that like three years ago? Like, how do yeah. we how do we syndicate it? We know about iTunes and maybe Spotify. Like, how do we what are the best places and how do we be everywhere? You're old school, man, because it's not called iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. I, I still refer to <laughs> I still refer to it as as iTunes just because yeah, when you and I started podcasting, it was it was called iTunes. Um <laughs> But I mean that like we have a we have a blog post on our site that lists like 20 something directories that your podcast should be on. And, and like maybe we could link that in the show notes. But yeah, I mean the big ones are are Apple Podcasts, iTunes, um, Spotify, and, and these are kind of in terms of market share, maybe. Um Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, uh, iHeartRadio, player.fm. Um and then, and then what ends up happening is a lot of uh, these other kind of platforms end up pulling from Apple Podcasts because it still is kind of the source of truth. Um, even though, you know, depending on your genre and your kind of geographic location, Spotify may well be where more of your listeners come from than anywhere else. Um, you know, especially outside the U.S., especially with younger generations, Spotify is, uh, is, is taking a lot of market share. And that's is pretty much, I mean, this is all free to get your podcast in these places. And all you have yep. to do is like, they just want like the feed, which is like a little URL that's like your website.com forward slash feed or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of submit it and it's there. Yeah. That's all yep. there is to it, right? Yep. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if you're using WordPress, which everyone that listens to this is the Seriously Simple Podcasting plugin, like one of the main things it does is it builds and manages that feed. And so we give you that link, you copy it and then submit it to all those places. And that's just something you do once, right? And then once that kind of link is established between your website, which is where that feed is located and these directories, then every time you publish a new episode, it's added to that feed and these directories say, oh, Chris just published episode 385. I better show that so that folks can see it and people who are subscribed download that episode automatically onto their phones. Do you have any just general podcast SEO tips for being found or uh, I know it's kind of the wild west out there, but you know, yeah. like even artwork tips to like stand out, but just, just that whole thing of like, how do I stand out in a sea of podcasts? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is it applies to both like naming conventions and images. It's like, there's just not a lot of real estate, right? Like on your <laughs> phone, even the big old phones, like, just don't have that much space where they show, you know, the title of an episode or the name of a podcast. And so like when it comes to the cover image, when it comes to naming your podcast, be unique, but be descriptive is, is what we like to say. So like, don't, don't be so kind of cute and whimsical that when somebody sees it, they're not going to know what the heck you're talking about, but also don't make it like six words long to where you would never see the most kind of descriptive word for you to say, Ooh, that, that might be for me. And the same is true for the images. Like the image is really small, right? So the font needs to be big and bold and it should be a pretty simple image. Um, maybe with like some kind of background or a headshot or something like that. Um, but, but make it like recognizable, but, but interesting um, and make it easy to spell, right? Because it is a podcast and we're saying it like on the air. Um, yeah. And so if that's some kind of word, that's not a real word, or if it could have like two ways of spelling it, like don't, don't use that. Um, those are 
those are like naming and kind of branding things. And then like when it comes to SEO, yeah, I mean, Apple Podcasts or Spotify are search engines, right? Just like Google, um, but not nearly as smart. <laughs> and so um, a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, there was a pretty big crackdown on keyword stuffing uh, in Apple Podcasts because a lot of people would say, um, like they would have a, a descriptive title at the beginning and then have a bunch of like keywords at the end of the title or of like the author field um, or the description. And, and Apple Podcasts came in and said like, hey, this is like, this is silly. Why are people doing this? And they would, they removed a bunch of podcasts that, that did that and kind of penalized people. Um, so like, I, I would say like be, um, be intentional about the keywords you use and use them appropriately. Um, don't be afraid of using those keywords, but don't just stuff a bunch of words in that don't mean anything just to have a, like a not so sophisticated search engine rank your podcast. Um, I think the larger question you may be getting at is like, how do you get discovered? Um, and I think that like, that's where an interview show like this is really great because like, you'll send me an email like in a couple of days or weeks and say, Hey, our episode is live. Can you please share it out? Here's you know, some resources. And I will like, I'll go and I'll post this on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. And, and that automatically kind of introduces this podcast to my audience, however big that is. Um, and that's a real benefit of an interview show over like a solo or a co-host show is like every episode is a chance to share kind of your brand and your message with a, a slightly different uh, kind of circle around around your kind of core topic and, and audience. Um, that's just an easy way to build build growth in, I think. Um, but that relies on you being intentional about sending that email and saying, hey, the podcast is live, having a little media kit of like a, a couple little tweets, uh, quotes and a, a you know quote card or an audiogram, a link to the episode on your website, all that kind of stuff so that it's easy for me to then just click on Twitter and send something out. I don't have to like listen to the episode and come up with a quote and all this kind of find the link and all that kind of stuff. Um, I would say those are like the easiest kind of systemic ways to do it, that you can create a process around this. You or someone on your team can, can help with that and kind of put it on autopilot and have it run. And then 385 episodes later, you like, you have some, some real reach. Um, but, but it, there's not like a silver bullet with it. It's just putting in good work. One quick question. Do you have a, like a recommendation on frequency of episode? Like is, I kind of feel like weekly is like kind of the sweet spot, but what, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think if you're, and I like specifically for course creators, like weekly is, is probably the right answer. Um, if you're in more of a B2B space, I think you can get away with less often, but you know, your audience as a course creator want to learn this thing and want to kind of progress their life in this direction that, that you're talking about. And so like, they want as much from you as, as you can give, I'll say more than once a week is, is just a lot of work. Um, but if you could pull it off, it would be, you're, you'd be better off, you know, your, your brand would be better off if you could do more. And I mean, maybe I know people that use lift LMS to teach like stock trading and stuff like that. Maybe you have a daily show that's like five minutes where you're talking about the market, more of like a audio newsletter kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Real timely. So there is no right answer. I wanted to ask you as a software company, I noticed you use Lifter LMS for your academy. Tell us about that decision and how courses fit into your world of helping people with your software. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, 
it's it's like the the analogy I've, I've been using, I guess, is um, podcasting is is kind of tough, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. it's there's a lot of moving parts. There it, it takes a lot to to do an episode every week, and to get over that initial hump of like, all right, I'm going to start a podcast, and I need gear, and I need to figure out what the heck an RSS feed and all this kind of stuff <laughs> is. Um, and, and so we just had a bunch of folks coming to us and saying like, Hey, can like, I read your blog, but like, I just want more. Can like, you tell me more about this. So instead of getting on the phone all the time and having like only being able to help people on one-to-one kind of basis, we said, Hey, let's just open up this course. It's entirely free. There's a lot of courses out there that are 500 or $5,000 that teach the same level of stuff that we teach for free because our hope is, you know, folks come in there discover podcasting, learn how to do it the right way, according to us, at least. Um, and, and, you know, use our tool or not, but like are empowered to, to be, you know, great podcasters. Um, yeah. Castos Academy is entirely free. There's a couple of courses in there. Um, one on gear, one on content creation, one on kind of podcasting one-on-one we're adding stuff all the time there. And, um, you know, the hope is that it is kind of like the go-to resource, um, in the industry for folks that, that just want to get good, unbiased information about like how to do things. Like there's a little bit in there about how to use Castos, but 95% of it is just like podcasting in general. And you can, you know, apply that kind of however you podcast. That's awesome. Well, thanks for slowing down to create that resource. Often when you create an academy or courses, you actually have to slow down, but then you create this valuable asset that can just deliver over and over again. And if you, if you're listening and you're feeling a little overwhelmed, uh, Craig and I are podcasting pros and I'm trying to ask him all the questions that like the key ones you're going to come across sooner or later. <laughs> so feel free to re-listen to this episode and also go check out the Castos Academy. Before we sign off, tell us about the future, Craig. I, I see you as like a futurist entrepreneur, like you're on this private podcasting thing, which is um, you're like innovating in the space. Like where do you see the the future of podcasts even though they've been around for a little bit they're still kind of new i mean you can't i don't know i have an old car maybe i don't know but you can't like turn on the radio in the car and get a podcast i mean you kind of can through your phone but where are we going where are podcasts going yeah i mean i think that there's there's two kind of buckets to look at one is like you're talking about like just how do we get podcasts in front of more people and and i think that's just come a long way covid accelerated that for for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Um, arguably, maybe that's stepping back now because people are back in the office um, and they're consuming differently than they were before. Um, so I think that, yeah, you know, you see them on airplanes now, you'll see them in cars, uh, you know, things like Alexa uh, has podcasts now. Um, you were talking about Amazon Music. So, so I think that like that's part of it. Um, I think for us specifically, the big problem with podcasting has always been, it's really hard to make any money at it because up until kind of the advent of private podcasting, the only way to make money was through advertising and it's garbage. Which most people skip, right? I mean, right. I right. do. It's garbage. It's garbage for everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for you as the creator because you have to put your sales hat on and say, I'm going to go sell, you know, my brand and exposure to me and my, my kind of beliefs to, this other brand that may or may not be really tightly lined with kind of who I am and what I do and, and the kind of message I want to relate to my audience. And then you got to do that, right. And dilute your brand a little bit, um, by, you know, having a, a an advertisement for mattresses or whatever. Um, and, and I think, you know, the better way to do it, I don't think like we very firmly believe that like the better way to make money from a podcast is either through something like 
selling a course and then having a podcast that's attached to that, right? And that's like our podcast or in this podcast is not to make money, but, but to promote your brand, right? And, and so that's like, that's a more indirect way to make money as a podcast is use it as a content marketing vehicle to kind of promote your, your brand. And the other one is just like directly through selling access to your content, right? If your content is that damn good, then there are a lot of people that will pay five or $10 a month for access to your podcast. And we unlock that through, through private podcasting to where you can say, if you don't have a course, let's say, which everyone should have a course, because I think it is the best way to like, to monetize like your ideas. Um, but, but say you want to just have private content out there and you want to make money from it. You can say, Hey, cool. Five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month or $20 one time to get access to this private podcast. And then, you know, I'll share all of the super secret stuff that like, I don't share on my public podcast or in my blog or my email newsletter. Um, and I mean, in the creator economy, which I know we both, you know, kind of live and breathe it's like, this is the future because people know that ads are garbage and they don't want to, to do all of that damage to their brand and, and with their audience. And they want to just say, Hey, my stuff is awesome. And if you want a little more of it, you know, it's five bucks a month and, and there's an enormous economic opportunity uh, there with, a, with a, a huge variety of types of people from different backgrounds talking about things. And it really democratizes how people can, uh, can make a living. So Castos has the, um, the e-commerce piece to sell the private podcast, which I think is, do. I think that's great because some people aren't ready to start a course or membership site. I mean, a lot of people build the audience first maybe you dip your toe in the water of monetization by having a, a private podcast instead of trying to string something together through Patreon or some other outside system, just do it all with Castos. I love that yeah. idea. Like for yeah. a way for somebody to really kind of build an audience, validate a market and start getting those early customers. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're seeing a, a lot of, Really interesting stuff on both sides, frankly, like on the just private podcast, you know, paid access to my content, but also my membership site or my course. And I want to add a private podcast component to that to deliver that extra value to, to those students. Absolutely. Well, that's Craig Hewitt. He's from castos.com. Go check that out. Also check out the Castos Academy so that you can get Zen with all the pieces of podcasting. It may be challenging or it has a lot of parts, but it's not too crazy once you get it all figured out. And once you've set it up and you've published a couple, then it's just a rhythm. It's just a part of yep. your creative life. Any, any final words for the people? No, man. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. And, and hopefully this is helpful to, to everyone listening. All right. Well, thanks so much, Craig. Thanks, Chris. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.